just like the celebratory champagne after a Cotton Bowl victory, it sure seemed like the tears and excuses were flowing on social media last night after Missouri beat down Ohio State. So let's talk about this beautiful victory and an incredible season coming up right now on Locked On Mizzou. You are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 bucks. If your team wins, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. And you know what? Nobody is going to downgrade this Cotton Bowl victory for me. This one feels awfully, awfully good. And yes, we're eventually going to get to what was frankly an utterly bizarre first half for Missouri and Ohio State on just about every level. But right now, I just want to bask in this victory at the top of the show and Really, my favorite thing maybe I've seen so far on the internet, Dave Portnoy tweeted out, he's the founder of Barstool Sports, he said, I'm watching the Missouri Tigers brag about stomping on Ohio State's throats, how they were bigger, stronger, faster, how they just dominated them. Ohio State isn't just embarrassing themselves, but the entire Big Ten. This isn't good. Oh, Dave Portnoy, I disagree. That is good. That is very, very good. And clearly, Eli Drinkwitz delivered this season and then some. And the momentum for Missouri feels very real right now. There's lots of debate statistically in, in-game. Hey, is momentum real? And there's supposedly some statistics out there that that deny that particular, that particular phenomenon. Well, off the field, I promise you, in terms of recruiting, that kind of stuff, momentum is definitely a thing. So it's great to see the Tigers cash in in this bowl game and get to 11 wins on the season. Just a beautiful, beautiful thing. And obviously, yes, Marvin Harrison Jr. is out, and that was a really big deal for Ohio State, no doubt about it. Eichenberg, I think the linebacker, less of a big deal. I think he's a really good player, of course, but I think Ohio State, again, coming into the game, they seemed like they were just fine at that position. And I don't think that Eichenberg necessarily would have made a difference in that ball game, by the way. One thing I'm getting a little tired of hearing already is some Ohio State fans, even in the comments of my YouTube page, are going, oh, congratulations on beating us with our third-string quarterback, that type of deal. You know, guys, I, I, I hate to tell you, but Devin Brown was not exactly your, your second-string quarterback, by the way. The guy who right now I suppose would be your starter in 2024, y'all might want to hit the portal, first of all. But second of all, it's not as though it's not as though Devin Brown was carving the Missouri secondary apart or something like that before he got injured. And by the way, he got injured on a sack 
on, on he got hit multiple times. The Missouri defensive line was hammering him. The reason he got injured, it wasn't some fluke thing. It's because, frankly, the poor guy was getting destroyed back there. I think Missouri may have even banged up their the third guy, the, the next guy who came in, the backup. It seemed like maybe the last snap he took, he may have gotten his right arm a little bit banged up too. So, again, the reason your quarterback got hurt is because you got beat up front in the trenches on that side of the ball. Let's just be really, really clear about that. Honestly, the ironic part of Ohio State people making excuses is is because, well, they're one of the foremost haters of the SEC, of course. And the joke online, which I think is is a pretty apt joke, quite honestly, is that, well, after every time the SEC loses a bowl game, the excuse is, well, we didn't care, right? So you, you get to take the W either way. But honestly, I don't think that anyone should have been able to say that regardless. Clearly, Missouri wanted to win this game, and clearly Ohio State wanted to win this game as well. Of course, Marvin Harrison Jr., opted out. But other than that, there weren't as many important opt-outs as you may have expected. There's a reason that the line over at FanDuel Sportsbook moved so dramatically toward Ohio State's direction in the last week or so. It's simply because, well, more Ohio State players opted into the game than what was thought at the time. You actually looked at that roster and people were saying, hmm, actually this is looking a lot more like really the 2024 Buckeyes than maybe we were thinking, what's that team going to be ranked? Pretty good, right? So, I don't know. Obviously, they have quarterback questions at the moment. We'll see what happens in the portal there, but I don't want to see anybody downgrading this Missouri win. That's absolutely ridiculous. I'm sorry, you just don't get to do that. And frankly, I'm not even going to let it bother me whatsoever because I am that happy with this victory. Just a great one to celebrate. But again, First half of this ball game, Missouri gets shut out, and really one of the truly bizarre halves of football I've seen for a long time. I'm going to get there eventually. Let, let's actually go with some, let's stay on, I do want to stay on the positive train here a little bit. We've got some great statistics here. Speaking of bizarre football games, this is from Tom Orff online, one of the great Missouri historians. He says, last time Mizzou won without scoring in the first three quarters, that was the 1978 opener when Missouri beat Notre Dame three to nothing the last time the Tigers won after not scoring in the first three quarters and trailing in the fourth well in 74 the Tigers were down 10 nothing to Nebraska and scored 21 unanswered in the fourth quarter for a victory ah and Missouri wins over 11 win teams in a season well, you got Oklahoma in 2010, Kansas in 2007, USC in 76, Alabama in 75, and now the Ohio State Buckeyes in 2023. So just a lot of beautiful stats there. And also another beautiful stat and moment is Cody Schrader becomes the single season Missouri rushing leader. Just beautiful. I mean, honestly, it felt weird that we were doing everything to keep Ohio State in the game at a certain point and really in the first in the first quarter even I went back and looked at my notes because 
I just wanted to see at what point did I figure out that, my God, Missouri needs to run the ball, and that's basically it. Well, it was actually just before Devin Brown was injured in the first quarter, and Ohio State settled for a field goal. Their only points of the game, by the way, ended up probably being the right call by Ryan Day, but we can argue about that a little bit. Anyway, before the game on KOMU, they were talking about 1976 where Pete Woods and Missouri took down the Buckeyes in Columbus. And again, just before Devin Brown got injured in the first quarter, here were my notes. I said, it's looking like it should be a 1976 game. Run it. Both sides, meaning Missouri and Ohio State, should basically just be handing it off every single time. And, well, that ended up being a pretty good call, right? And honestly, it was really confusing as to why Missouri couldn't figure out, hey, let's just hand it off. Let's just run outside zone on basically every first and second down and see where we are on third at this point. Heck, Ohio State eventually figured it out when on third and seven, they just handed the thing off and picked up a first down at one point in the second half. But, you know, time and time again, it just felt like when Missouri would get some positive momentum in the running game, they'd call a passing play and Brady Cook would just be running for his life. And at a certain point as a quarterback, when you're constantly feeling pressure, eventually you're going to feel some pressure that's not there as well. And I saw some people going, you know, being critical of Cook, I'm sorry, you go back and you look at a lot of those plays. I'm not saying Cook was perfect yesterday by any stretch of the imagination. He missed Luther Burden streaking up the seam one time on a scramble. Saw a lot of people point that out. He should definitely see Burden there. That was a miss, no question about it. But to me, what I really noticed is the offensive line, Missouri's run blocking and pass blocking was just night and day. Missouri was holding up pretty well in the run. The pass was just a nightmare, especially in the first half. So, you know what? Let's get into more of the weirdness from that half and the rest of the beauty as well of this incredibly ugly but satisfying Cotton Bowl victory for Missouri. And by the way, you won some money with me yesterday as well. Over at FanDuel Sportsbook, if you listened to my advice yesterday, let's see, I put out three bets, and yeah, they all cashed, didn't they? I said, Missouri, plus five and a half, take the money line as well, and yeah, go under. That was the really easy money right there, the under of 50 and a half. Didn't even get halfway there, did we? But you know what? As the weather gets cold outside, the NFL offers stay hot at FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, FanDuel excuse me, now is the time. And like I said, they've got money lines, point spreads, totals, player props, all of it and more, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. 
available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen every day. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. That's Locked On Sports today on YouTube if you need some 24-7 action. And you know what? You might get to see some more Ohio State tears from Jay Stevens over there from Locked On Buckeyes. But no, I, I kid. I really had a great time with Jay Stevens on our crossover episode. And honestly, he made a great call. He, his analysis of Devin Brown, the quarterback, he wasn't sure if they could quite get it done in the passing game with him. And obviously, that Ohio State defense, in part because of a really strong performance by the Missouri defense, of course, but that just did not look like the Buckeyes offense that we were accustomed to but quite honestly that was not the Missouri offense that we were accustomed to either the Tigers just couldn't get anything going in the passing game at least until well finally they hit Marquise Johnson with a deep shot down the field on play action Cook hits him down the field on what looked like a post route there, and it seemed like Missouri was much better after that point. And if you look at Missouri's last two two drives, well, you'd be pretty impressed. Eight plays for 95 yards and a touchdown, and also 13 plays for 91 yards and a touchdown. So some really good offense for Missouri there in the fourth quarter after some, frankly, bizarre offense, and well, just an offense that was completely stuck in the mud, not only for the first half, but the first three quarters, quite honestly. Now, of course, a lot of the strange moments had to do with the Big 12 officiating crew, quite honestly. And yes, when I saw Big 12 officiating crew, did I get a little bit nervous? Yes, I did. But beyond that, the the call where Devin Brown was ultimately knocked out of the game, Johnny Walker Hits him from behind, just absolutely drills him from behind. The ball is clearly out before it hits the ground. The referee announces the ball is ruled a fumble recovered by Ohio State. And you look at it on instant replay, I mean, there's just no way that makes any sense. Jaden Jernigan actually just casually picks up the ball and hands it to the referee. That should have been an instant replay, clearly, at the very least. If you're not going to replay that, it's we seemingly review every single little almost meaningless questionable call these days how in the world do you not review that if you're not going to review that play why do you even have instant replay and honestly if you're Eli Drinkwitz you probably got to call a timeout there you've got the world's biggest jumbotron above you showing you an incredibly clear shot there that hey not only is that ball out but Missouri recovered it I don't know. Somebody's got to be on that. There's got to be a player, a coach, somebody, anybody on the sidelines who had an idea that, no, that ball was out. You know, I I just that was a real mess up by Missouri and the coaching staff there, in my opinion. But obviously the referees, the replay referee. I mean, this is the Cotton Bowl, right? This is a New Year's Six Bowl. This thing's been around since the 40s. Can we actually get some competent officiating for this sport at some point, maybe this decade, this century before the sport, I don't know, goes away and we start playing it with AI and robots or something, before then, can we at least figure out instant replay? Because at this point, it's really more of a hindrance than it is a help. 
Now, speaking of Johnny Walker, who was the defensive MVP of the game, and, and for good reason, I think he absolutely deserved that particular award. Though, quite honestly, I think Cody Schrader should have gotten offensive MVP instead of Brady Cook. But regardless, Johnny Walker with some great plays in the defensive backfield, some huge hits on the quarterback once again, but also as is much to Johnny Walker's brand. Well, he got a bizarre personal foul penalty too, where Ohio State, it was third and 16 from their own one yard line. Ohio State sneaks the ball, clearly giving up going, please, sir, let us punt, please, sir. We just want to punt. And yet, you know, of course, Johnny Walker commits a personal foul, gives them new life and, and and a little bit of field position there. Now, it ultimately didn't cost Missouri any points. And obviously, if you went back and watched the replay, you'd see that actually Johnny Walker was literally punched in the face mask by an Ohio State Buckeye. But as is often the case, yes, they caught the second guy. Walker kind of, I don't know, shoves him, kind of pie faces him a little bit in the face mask. Of course, he gets the foul for that again you got to see the the punch right but at the same time you know we saw recently actually you may have seen this viral video where Aaron Donald of the Los Angeles Rams one of, probably one of the biggest most intimidating guys in the NFL on top of being one of the best players in the league for the past five ten years or so goes up to Justin Britt of the Seattle Seahawks former Missouri Tiger tackle for the Seahawks he wisely puts on his helmet before he gets into a before he gets into a confrontation with Britt the reason there well kind of tough to punch somebody in the face you're more likely to break your hand so anybody who's doing that is an idiot my point here is I, I understand that when somebody punches you literally in the face in this case in the face mask Hard to hard to keep your control there. I, I completely understand that as a man. I really do. At the same time, when somebody punches you in the face mask, that is a little different. You should almost laugh at them at a certain point because that's not going to do any damage. They're probably going to do more damage to themselves. So again, great game from Johnny Walker. He, if I honestly wouldn't even be, wouldn't have been that upset at him if he didn't already have a bit of a history of committing these types of personal foul penalties. But at the same time, as a man, somebody punches me in the face. Yeah, I'm probably going to react to that. I do get it, Johnny Walker. And as many people noticed to start the football game, well, there right before kickoff, there was a shot of Eli Drinkwitz taking a pretty significant yawn. And indeed, it seemed like the Missouri offense was asleep for the first half, certainly, and even the first three quarters as well, as I pointed out before. And of course, to cap off what was one of the strangest Missouri halves I've seen in a long time, of course, it looked like Missouri was going to get off a 65-yard field goal attempt by Harrison Mevis, but they took a delay of game. And honestly, unless Drinkwitz like told them to, <laughs> that, that actually makes abs. I'm not even going to go down that particular hypothetical. There's no excuse for taking a delay of game there. You know you're going to run out the field goal unit. In fact, they were running on the field with, it felt like a good 30 seconds on the play clock. How does it possibly take you that long to line up and make a kick when you did it against Kansas State from 61 yards, by the way, quickly, 
there was no there was no dead ball by the way the clock was ticking 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 Missouri had to get that kick off at the buzzer so how do you how do you mess this one up that was just one of many really sloppy plays by Missouri in the first half just mental errors penalties our our signature bad snap early snap that Brady Cook wasn't ready for it seems like Missouri just absolutely has to do that once a game to get it out of their system or something like that by the way even the first play of the first half of course Missouri refuses to run the ball drops back to pass don't block the strong side defender by the way on a play action that is just immediately destroyed by said unblocked defender just some really strange moments in that game but again when you beat Ohio State 14 to 3 and you make Dave Portnoy angry well I think it's a pretty doggone good day so you know what let's talk even more about this incredible Missouri victory including an important Missouri player who apparently played the second half with a separated shoulder so let's talk about that right after these quick messages Now, I will say this for Ohio State fans, while I don't really want to hear any excuses at the quarterback position for Ohio State because, well, your offensive line basically and your offense in general, arguably even Ryan Day's play calling to some extent, allowed your quarterbacks to just take an absolute beating in that ball game. So that wasn't exactly a fluky injury there for Devin Brown. But I will say this, when Lincoln Kineholes came into the ball game, I had a feeling it was probably curtains for the Buckeyes simply because, yes, this young man is a true freshman, but also it's not as though he had a full week's two, three weeks of bowl practices with with the first-team offense to get prepared for Missouri in particular and just accustomed to his receivers and all that kind of stuff because, man, that was a brutal spot for that young man to come in. No question about that. If you're going to point out that, yeah, that was a tough one for Ohio State, hey, can't disagree with you whatsoever. But you know what? Here's the beautiful thing about history. The longer it goes on, all you're going to see in 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years in in the media guide, if we still have those in a few decades, is that, oh yeah, hey, remember the 2023 season? Oh wow, Missouri won 11 games and beat Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl and didn't actually give up a touchdown. The Buckeyes didn't score a touchdown for the first time in something like 80 games, something like that. I have that number here, trying to scroll through my notes quickly here and try to find it, but it had been a long time since Ohio State did not score a touchdown, suffice it to say. I think you all can trust me there, no doubt about that. And really, to that point about how obviously Lincoln Kineholes coming into the ball game with no preparation was a terrible spot for him and the Buckeyes, on the final Ohio State drive, there was one point where actually The Buckeyes were making some checks on the offensive line, and it was actually not the quarterback who was going up to the line. It was actually the veteran running back. I believe it was Travion Henderson. may have been Xavier Johnson, but regardless, one of the Ohio State running backs was actually 
coming up to the line and telling them what to do in terms of of line checks. You, you just never really see that, to be honest with you. And it just shows the lack of preparation there for Lincoln Kineholes. Not not a not a criticism of him, just an just an acknowledgement of reality. You only have so many times and so many reps to give out in practice. And obviously, since Devin Brown had not been a starter at that point, you wanted to give him as much time as possible. So obviously, really tough circumstances for Ohio State. But you know what? Some tough circumstances. For the Missouri secondary as well, obviously Ennis Rakestraw did not play in the game. He was an excellent player for the last couple seasons for Missouri, but obviously the Ohio State passing game didn't do a whole lot, and despite the fact that that Chris Abrams' drain, according to Eli Drinkwitz, actually separated his shoulder in the second half and refused to come out of the game. So, wow, what a badass, number one. And number two, the fact that he held up anyway, the fact that Marcus Clark actually made a really key play one time, Kineholz found an open player downfield and really with maybe a slightly underthrown ball, but still good coverage by Marcus Clark downfield, gets the pass break up and, and probably probably keeps some points off the board because if that thing is complete, at least Ohio State gets a field goal and possibly a touchdown as they were approaching the red zone, if not in it, if that thing's complete. And finally, not only did I go 3-0, and on betting yesterday over at FanDuel Sportsbook. My prize picks thing hit as well. I went under Travion Henderson rushing under 100 yards. Devin Brown under about, I think, 230 passing or something like that. So he got to 20 yards, just just slightly below that. But even total, 106 passing yards for Ohio State, 97 on the ground. Just about, what, 200 yards total offense there for Ohio State. Wow, you're not going to see that very often, folks. A dominant, dominant defensive performance by Missouri. It's not as though the backups for Ohio State are completely bereft of talent here. They had a lot. Most of their offense was intact. Of course, Marvin Harrison's important. And of course, Mikhail McCord transferring, well, that hurts too. But again, you had all spring practice to figure out an offense, to figure out a way to protect your quarterback. And honestly, Brian Day, in my opinion, did a terrible job of that. If I'm an Ohio State fan, to me it's time for Ryan Day to do what Eli Drinkwitz did this past season, and that's give up play calling. He needs to hire an offensive coordinator this season because just like it was for Eli Drinkwitz, I think it's too much of a job for anybody in this day and age to be the head coach and the offensive coordinator with the just incredible amount of responsibility that both of those jobs entail. I just think if you're the Ohio State moving forward, I think that's what you have to do. And and frankly, if he doesn't, there's a good chance they'll lose to Michigan again next season. And if that happens, I think Ryan Day is probably done at Ohio State. So again, this isn't a Locked On Buckeyes podcast, but just wanted to throw that in here at the very end. Thank you so much for listening to Locked On Mizzou, of course. And well, for your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today for some 24-7 streaming action over on YouTube. So until next time, I'm John Miller, and don't let anybody talk you out of enjoying this Cotton Bowl victory. I know I'm going to have fun with it all winter long. So until next time, again, I'm John Miller. Thanks as always for listening to Locked on Mizzou.